a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Cue the music. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast, where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yanis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. On this episode, we're going to be talking about Star Wars once again. This is like the fourth or fifth episode where Star Wars has really been the central focus of the podcast. And of course, we're talking about Solo, which hit theaters this weekend to really disappointing box office, which is interesting. And we'll have to see how that plays into Lucasfilm's future plans. But so this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about give you my brief thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story. Then we're going to use that to feed into some Star Wars news that came out this week, coincidentally or not so coincidentally. The I think the very day or a day or two before uh, Solo hit theaters. And use that to feed into a new edition of Let's Talk About Six. So, so Solo, a Star Wars story, as most people know, most fans know who've been following this anyway, has gone through a very... In a very crazy production history, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the directors of the two Jump Street films, were initially working on the film and halfway or more, most of the way done filming when they were fired by Lucasfilm and director Ron Howard took over. Now, having Ron Howard step in at this late, this late in the game, really always felt felt to me to be a very safe choice because Howard has a history with Lucasfilm having done Willow back in the 80s, which is definitely a fantasy film that uh, you younger listeners that haven't checked up with that um, should look into. It's really it's a lot of fun. Young Val Kilmer is there. And Warwick Davis, of course, is known for Star Wars as well. Um, so I, I, that really felt to me like it was reflected in the film itself, that Lucasfilm was maybe doubling down, not doubling down, but maybe retreating a little bit from The Last Jedi criticism and that it was so different, taking the franchise in a new direction and, um, you know, in doing so, kind of falling back on nostalgia and playing to, you know, what they thought fans wanted. And so Solo, to me, felt very much like uh, a greatest hits of in the life of, of, uh, you know, the scruffy-looking nerf herder that we all know and love checking off a lot of boxes of, you know, the first time he got when he got the Falcon, when he met Chewbacca, a lot of story beats that we've heard about but never seen dramatized before. And they're executed well. The show, uh, the film is, is solid enough. Uh, the performances are, are pretty strong across the board. Um, I think Alden Ehrenreich is decent as Han Solo. I didn't, you know, I didn't think he, I thought he brought something to the role that, uh, alluded to Harrison Ford and there were moments in the writing this was written by Lawrence Kasdan and John Kasdan Lawrence Kasdan of whom was a co-writer on Empire Strikes Back there were a lot of little seeds of elements and famous moments of Han Solo that we would see later on or character traits that you could imagine evolving over the the next decade or so until we get to A New Hope um, that would lead him to turn to turn out to be who we know he ends up being and the journey he ends up finding himself on with the Rebel Alliance. Uh, but for me, a lot of the, the story, the story felt so slavishly devoted to, well, you're going to see the Kessel run. You got to see how the Millennium Falcon and how he meets Lando. And it felt so devoted to hitting those story points that it, it didn't feel like it, it felt like it lacked a lot of the imagination or, uh, you know, the freshness of Last Jedi. I know a lot of people 
have beef with that film, and I'm not one of them. I still think it's one of the best Star Wars films to date, and definitely the best of this recent crop that we've gotten since the Disney acquisition. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of things in Solo that I did love. Donald Glover, for example, a lot of the supporting characters. Amelia Clark was really great. Uh, I just felt like it leaned too much on the familiar and not, not enough on bringing, uh, bringing something new and different to the franchise. It does offer opportunities to, you know, to, to maybe tread down a less familiar path going forward. And, um, you know, I think well, the news we'll get to in a second could be a sign of that. But as it stands, Solo is, to me, probably one of the weaker elements of the Star Wars franchise, uh, one of the weaker films, in my opinion, in general. Uh, I've always been sort of mixed on, well, always been, this between Solo and Rogue One, I've been very mixed on both films and the Star Wars stories. Not the concept of taking uh, standalone anthology releases set in the Star Wars universe. I think that's really smart and a, a, a good way to expand the franchise beyond the, you know, the core um, episodes, the core saga of the Skywalker family and such, and now Rey, I guess. And um, but the execution to me has very much felt like they've still tr- they're st- still trying to figure it out. Basically, it's um, I think Lucasfilm, you know, with Kathleen Kennedy at the head, has has tried to figure out and kind of acclimate themselves to okay, how do we please older fans, bring in new ones, and add something substantive to this the you know the grand narrative that we're telling between star wars the clone wars star wars rebels the novels the the comic books etc and uh rogue one was a little more daring a lot more daring to me than solo and so i i probably like give that film a little bit of an edge over solo um just because it does it does try something much more audacious than solo does although uh i think solo I think Solo is a film that will grow, probably grow on me the more I see it. Whereas Rogue One is something that the more I watch it, the more I, the more its flaws really stand out to me. So that's just kind of my overall thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story. If you want uh, detailed feedback as as far as my review, you can find it on monkeysfightingrobots.com. Um, I'll put the link to that in the show notes below. And let's move into the big, the other big Star Wars development this week, which is of course we received word exclusively from the hollywood reporter that james mangold writer uh co-writer i believe co-writer and director of logan has been brought on to write and direct a boba fett film for lucasfilm and you know as someone who's always understood but never really participated full stop in the boba fett love that the franchise has really uh nurtured since the empire strikes back or i guess sort of since the star wars holiday special if we're really going to take it back to his true debut in the franchise i you know i was always on the fence on whether or not it made sense to do a boba fett film whether or not it could work um but having a filmmaker like james mangold in there i think really helps to sell that for me and i think opens up a lot of uh a lot of potential for that film to turn out to be really great so that had me thinking about an idea that i've been wanting to get to and that is you know exactly the case for why a boba fett film not only makes sense but why it could actually work and it could actually be great could this be the star wars story that finally breaks the streak and doesn't disappoint me on any level and stands toe-to-toe with the main saga there's a lot of reasons to wonder or to speculate how that could be the case how that that could that could work and the 
Boba Fett film could be amazing, especially under James Mangold's direction. But, you know, let's talk about Six. Let's talk about Six, baby. Let's talk about Flicks and me. Let's talk about what the good films and the bad films are to me. Let's talk about Six. Let's talk about Six. Six reasons why the Boba Fett film could work, could be amazing, could be the best Star Wars story to date. So let's jump right into it. Number six, a Boba Fett film could continue to close the gap between the original and prequel trilogies. There's only so many characters that really play an integral integral role in both episodes one through three and episodes four through six. We've seen Obi-Wan, we've seen Vader, we've seen Palpatine, we've seen Yoda. Those are kind of the main carryovers, <laughs> if you will, from the prequels over into the era of the original trilogy. I mean, yeah, you get Luke and Leia, but they're a little, they're tiny for, for like two seconds. We got the Lars, uh, Owen and Beru, but they're really kind of minor figures. The only other one that sort of emerges, is, especially as a fan favorite between those two, is the Boba Fett uh, story arc or, or subplot, as, you, uh, as it were. In Attack of the Clones, obviously, we met Jango Fett, Boba's father. We learned that Boba Fett is actually a clone of his father and um, you know that their role, the Fett's role in the creation of the clone army and all of that. We also see the Boba Fett witnesses his father's murder at the hands of Mace Windu, which probably makes him very anxious to go out there and murder any remaining Jedi once the Empire take over, but we haven't really seen any of that. So having Boba Fett come back would not only tie off um, would not only satisfy fans of the original trilogy who want to see more of that character in his badass armor, but who want to have the storyline that we initially saw the beginning to in the prequel trilogy kind of pay off. What's the payoff to young Boba Fett, um, you know, undergoing that traumatic event, and, and how did that affect him later in life? Like we don't really, we haven't seen that, and this is an opportunity to pay off both those trilogies. And if these new films have done anything, bringing in uh, Jimmy Smith's in in the same film as a CG uh, Peter Cushing or having that surprise cameo in Solo, which I won't spoil for anybody that hasn't seen the film just yet. They're very much trying to take elements of the prequels, infuse them in with elements of the original trilogy, and fix that sort of disconnect between uh, the films that everyone grew up with back in the 70s and 80s and the films that most of us still herald as the best of the franchise and the prequel films and how as maligned as they have been and as beloved as they are by by you know perhaps younger fans united uniting the whole uh star wars saga and making it all feel like there's there's more overlap than there has been and i think bringing a boba fett film into it gives you a lot of uh, a lot of wiggle room to do that number five an opportunity for diversity in attack of the clones Django fett was played by maori actor to Maura Morrison, and presumably, since he does in the uh, well in the Blu-ray, I guess edition of the original trilogy, voice Boba Fett. Presumably, Boba Fett would look very similar, if not the same, as his father. I don't know if they're going to get. I don't see them really getting to Maura Morrison to replay the role as Boba Fett. If it's just a voiceover, and they don't, we don't really see Boba Fett without his helmet, perhaps. But I don't really see them going that route. But regardless, if they bring Daniel Logan back to play like a younger like a young Boba Fett, like in between the prequels and the original trilogy, or if they recast with a different actor who has yet to play the role, there's a lot of opportunity for that to continue to go to, you know, a non-white person, have a, a person of color continue that role and fit within the canon of the prequel trilogy and um, 
you know, continue to put non-white act, not non-white males at the center of these films. So far, we've seen a lot of that. Solo is actually the first of the four films in the Disney era to be led by a white male, with Rogue One, uh, Force Awakens, and Last Jedi all led by female, uh, you know, female protagonists. I think this is an opportunity for a Boba Fett, a Star Wars story, or which is, I'm assuming, what the title will be. To, uh, to embrace that ongoing initiative for diversity and, and have a, uh, you know, a, a man of color in that role. Number four, a Boba Fett film could easily function as a solo follow-up. I mean, in this one, it could, easy, it could even rope in other fan favorites. If we're talking about, if we're playing with the era of the original and prequel trilogy, either between them or after the original trilogy, maybe even set it to set it at the same period as some same time period as solo my idea and i've said this multiple places i think at this point to multiple people i think that as much as solo lends itself to a sequel rather than a straight-up sequel of solo i would like to see that story continue but from a different perspective show me what happens you know han solo uh is you know this is not really a spoiler is a part of the underworld by the end of solo and you know he's making connections and such how what happens when his he, he crosses solo's um, boba fett's path let's shift over and see han solo and chewbacca from boba fett's perspective bring that would you know lend yourself to bring donald glover back bring you know other characters that we know reside in this world jabba the hut and uh, other bounty hunters that we've seen in various parts of the franchise this basically gives you carte blanche to include as many of those as possible you could even have Boba Fett dealing with the Empire. I mean, we we had that uh, no disintegrations line in Empire, as if Vader has worked with Boba Fett before or is familiar with, you know, missions before of his that have gone poorly. Maybe we could see that disintegration incident play out, um, or that relationship develop, and and see more of uh, the Empire at this um, pre Luke Skywalker era where they're basically you know running through the galaxy unchecked. And I think a Boba Fett film could open up all sorts of possibilities for that. Number three, a Boba Fett film would really give us a true anti-hero. We've had mostly pretty clean characters in the lead. I mean, Han Solo, all you know, is a little more morally questionable than Luke Skywalker, or uh, or you know, Rey. Um, I guess to look at the prequels, I guess. You can sort of consider Anakin's definitely not a moral character as the franchise goes on, but I don't really. We're never really supposed to root for him. Be like, yeah, kill those younglings. It's not exactly that kind of thing. I'm thinking more along the lines of someone who is bad, who does bad things, who kills people or whatever. But that we're still on his side. We're still rooting for him. We still understand him. Look at something like Deadpool, which is rocking the shit out of the box office right now a boba fett film could take a similar stance and you can see him out there taking out gangsters and stuff might worse people than him but him acting as a in a, essentially as a villain but we are on his side for the first time and i think uh having a star wars anti-hero on the big screen is an intriguing idea and you know there's definitely um some spin-off ideas that are that have a similar take on other characters, whether it's the, you know the Darth Maul idea that some people have talked about, or um, you know a young a Palpatine and Plagueis movie or something. There's a lot of uh, the dub. I think Guillermo del Toro had like a Jabba the Hut idea at some point, making a gangster film about the Huts, which sounds amazing. Um, 
I think these spin-off films give you the opportunity to do that rather than, well, we have to have this hero that we can follow for three films. It's like, no, let this person get their hands dirty. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be, uh, you know, the character doesn't even really need to evolve beyond that single adventure. And I think Boba Fett could be a good character for that, considering that there's already a built-in, you know, the fan base is already 100% on that character side. We already uh, are invested in it. Everybody's got the toys of Boba Fett and Jango Fett even at this point. So I think he would be a good candidate if they want to finally, um, you know, take on a little bit of darker subject matter and have an anti-hero front and center. Number two, Lucasfilm is very much learning as it goes along. I mean, we've seen this. Force Awakens was essentially a remake slash reboot slash sequel to the original trilogy, basically remixing A New Hope and using that the, the safety of that narrative framework to bring in new characters like Rey, like Finn, like Kylo Ren, and um, setting the stage for you know more exciting things to come. Rogue One also set, is basically a direct prequel to A New Hope, and gives us you know the backstory of the Death Star. So it's still it's a story that we're familiar with, but we've never seen it played out like this. Solo is similar. Last Jedi is really the only one of the four in the Disney era here that has really taken any substantive chance. And some fans embraced it and loved it and got great critical reception. Some fans balked at the uh, the new direction that some of the characters, <coughs> Skywalker, and uh, and where it was pointing for the Star Wars franchise to go down the line. That being said, you know 100% that Lucasfilm is listening to all of this and that the disappointing opening weekend box office for Solo, which as of this recording is looks like it's going to be about $83 million when it was initially projected to be $130, $140. You know that they're taking notes and listening to everything that everyone is saying and going to take that and apply those lessons to to whatever projects they have coming up next, whether that's episode nine, which is already dealing with a lot of crap and a lot and a kind of a really crappy situation after, you know, the, the unfortunate passing of Carrie Fisher and having to rejigger that entire conclusion of that storyline, which was very, you know, very, fo- very focused on Leia, according to all reports. So I would like to think, especially with the Star Wars stories, that they are willing to switch things up and adjust the course uh, that they're that they've been heading down plus if anybody knows about how to <laughs> how to bounce back or take a character or property and bounce back from a crushing uh, you know audience response and uh, critical derision it's James Mangold who t- took the solo Wolverine films and led them from X-Men Origins Wolverine, by far the weakest of all the X-Men films, and I think we're at like 11 or 12 at this point, counting Deadpool 2, and delivered first a solid film in the Wolverine, and then an exceptional film in Logan. And he, he seems to really be able to boil down a character to his essence and understand what the appeal is and how to recontextualize that in an interesting way. And if you, you know, Logan's very much an anti-hero already, as I was saying about an anti-hero, if you take that and you put, um, apply that now, that logic to a Boba Fett film, probably throw some in like the spaghetti, spaghetti Western style flourishes that James Mangold seems to hold as one of his signatures. I think there's a lot of opportunity for a Lucasfilm to take everything that they've learned from these, uh, these previous projects, put it into the Boba Fett film with James Mangold, and and really you know really blow really blow expectations out of the water. 
And I think at this point, uh, everybody's going to go see episode nine. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, episodes just last Jedi sucked. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the franchise. Yeah, we'll see what happens on opening weekend of episode nine. I'm betting that everybody's going to see it. Everybody that saw Force Awakens and The Last Jedi will check it out. The question is the Star Wars stories, which don't feel like required viewing. If you go to see the Marvel films, you know that Black Panther, that Ant-Man, that all these individual Guardians of the Galaxy, everything's going to feed into the big team-ups eventually and that everybody's going to connect. And that's not really the case with the Star Wars stories thus far. You can easily skip the solo film and watch all the other movies and be just fine. But if they do the Boba Fett film as a sequel to Solo, or they use it as an opportunity to link together other stories and other fill other uh, narrative holes within the franchise, of which there are many with all the time jumps and everything, I think there's a there's a way to uh, to have fans feel like these anthology films aren't elective uh, installments in the Star Wars franchise. These are not. These should these shouldn't feel optional. These should feel like Star Wars fans need to see these in order to understand the full story, in order to really appreciate the character journeys and the larger narrative at stake across all the different medium, uh, media. So uh, that's one thing that they need to work on, and I guarantee you that they're 100% aware of that. Moving into number one, the number one reason why a Boba Fett movie could work. There's a lot of story to tell. We we know pretty much almost almost nothing about what Boba Fett has been up to since his father was uh, murdered by, or murdered, <laughs> attacked or whatever, was taken out by Mace Windu um, <clears throat> right in front of him. So other than that, we've seen him there. There's been, yes, there's been a couple appearances on animated shows, things like that, but in, we don't see, we've never seen the journey between that little boy standing on the, on the uh, sands in Geonosis and the bounty hunter who winds up working with Jabba the Hutt, uh, working for Jabba the Hutt to bring in Han Solo encased in carbonite back to uh, Jabba's palace. So there's a lot of ground to cover there. Of course, it still remains up in the air at this point, whether we're going to see um, sort of a, Boba Fett as a young man and him becoming that bounty hunter. Um, maybe he maybe he's denying his father's legacy for a long time and then chooses to embrace it and puts on the armor, etc., etc. Or if we're going to see a post-Return of the Jedi and as the uh, Star Wars Legends material alludes to survives the sarlacc pit and has a new chapter of his life so basically old man boba fett is sort of akin to old man logan which would make sense if mangle takes that route with it or maybe jumps back and forth through those two different periods of his life it's unclear at this point but that's part of what makes us so exciting we um we don't know what what he gets into how he ends up uh becoming the bounty hunter, the legendary bounty hunter in the original trilogy. We don't even know what's going on in his head most of the time. As opposed to Han Solo, we knew, oh, you met Chewie, you you won uh, the Falcon in a card game, and you did the Kessel Run, and you proved to be an awesome smuggler, and you you pulled out these jobs, and you dropped the shipment of spice, and now Jabba the Hutt's after you. Like, okay, we know everything, pretty much Cliff's Notes version of everything that led him up to A New Hope. Boba Fett is almost a clean slate. So there's there's a lot that there's a lot that there's a lot that Lucasfilm can do with this character in multiple different contexts. And if they get the right team together and Mangold is a tremendous start to that, there's there's every opportunity that Boba Fett could be the Star Wars anthology film to really legitimize this uh, this sort of fractured approach that the studio has been taking with these uh, the main episodes, the sagas, films, the Skywalker stories, I guess, whatever you want to call them, and the Star Wars stories. So that's just my thoughts of a few reasons why I think 
a Boba Fett film could work. Of course, you know, we don't know a whole lot about the film at this point, other than James Mangold is writing and directing it. But for me, as a huge Star Wars fan, obviously I'm going to see any movie they, they make regardless of what it's about. Honestly, they could do a Max Rebo biopic and I'll be all about it. Um, but with James Mangold at the helm, and he's a filmmaker with a really solid resume across the board, especially in genres like this, having worked, of course, on Logan, like I said, I'm all about, I'm all for this Boba Fett movie now. Now I'm sold. Before I was on the fence, but now after the reasons that I just laid out, plus James Mangold's involvement, um, I think that this is, this could be something that fans should really get excited about. Um, I think there's, because there's not really, the thing with, what I was worried about with Solo was it feeling safe, was them kind of resting on their laurels, not their yannies, their laurels, and um, and turning this into, you know, Han Solo, a compilation of Han Solo moments that we've already, that we already knew existed. We don't know anything about Boba Fett, really, other than his origin and then where he ends up decades later. So I think that there's, there's really good chance this could be a great film in the hands of James Mangold. I just hope that Lucasfilm doesn't have too much creative differences with him. They have a long history of getting rid of directors and, uh, and you know, not uh, not seeing the project through to completion. So hopefully that doesn't happen. If you, for some reason, have not had enough of me talking about Star Wars prequels or where I'd like to see Lucasfilm do uh, in the near future, check out the Screen Fever YouTube channel. I had a good conversation with my friend Adam about all this kind of jumping off from the Boba Fett news as well. So uh, if that's up by the time I post this, I'll put the show notes in the link below. Otherwise, watch my Twitter feed or uh, elsewhere on the Crooked Table, Facebook, and that kind of thing, and I'll definitely uh, be promoting that as well. That's all I have for now. If you like what we're doing over here at crookedtable.com, please consider contributing to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash crookedtable. You can also rate and review the Crooked Table podcast on iTunes to help others find the show. Find me, Robert Yanis Jr., on Twitter at Crooked Table. Of course, find more podcasts, reviews, videos, and other movie related goodies at crookedtable.com. We'll have another episode up for you next week. Until then, I've been Rob. Catch you around the table next week. Roll credits. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. Z-R-O-O-K-E-D. <laughs>